We fit the fittest minds with the chip inside I can link and digitize that Which prior to this was higher than science could ever devise This is a neural interface We're gonna stick it in your face Still it in your brain and interlace There's an arms war on and we're gonna win the race Leave everything a race, bring the base Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program tonight, Amy and a grinder and partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a sysadmin who lives open source solutions, Cursor, a software dev with a master's specializing in RF technology. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at DangerousMinds.io and email us at info at DangerousMinds.io. We'll be glad to talk to you about it. Uh, we have a special opportunity for our listeners, um, thanks to Emil Grafstra, one uh, of Dangerous Things. We now have an XNT up for grabs. Tickets will cost £10 sterling, um, but you can can qualify for a discount if you first send us a link to a review that you've popped onto one of the Dangerous Minds podcast episodes on iTunes. Um, all payments will be made through PayPal. We'll share the link on Facebook and Twitter feeds, so keep looking out for those. At the end of February, we will be broadcasting the draw on Periscope to see who wins. Um, they will also get a special announcement on our edition of Dangerous Minds podcast. Along with a live broadcast on Periscope during the drawing, the lucky winner will then be notified to arrange for receipt of their new addition to their augmentation. May the odds ever be in your favour, my little cyborgs. So this week on Dangerous Minds podcast, we have Brian of Two Cyborgs and a Microphone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, could you start by introducing yourself and telling us what you do and also what biohacking or grinding and transhumanism means to you and your own grind, as it were? That's a lot of requests. So my name's Brian McAvoy. I'm one of the co-hosts of Two Cyborgs and a Microphone, the Your Rival podcast. And I'm totally here for the purposes of subterfuge and pulling away your, your loyal listeners. Uh, my co-host, Tim Shank, couldn't be here today. Uh, he's doing some very intense work projects. Uh, so what transhumanism and everything means to me is just the path humanity's already taking, where we're already going. We've always been trying to be better than who we are. And using technology has, has been also what we've used in the past. And some people do it through chemicals. Some people do it through augmentations with like circuitry and, and copper, silicone. I think in the uh, spirit of a nice community, thank you for joining us today. Uh, join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, we won't kick you off that quickly, don't worry. <laughs> no, the, the community that I've been a part of, uh, biohackers, they've been so inclusive, so I incredibly inclusive. They, they don't turn people away. They don't have this cultish elitist feel to them and, and i really love that the only other time i've found quite that uh, was longboarding the the longboarding community was just very hey you have a longboard cool come come play with us we, we want to have more people out there on the hill and skateboarding on the other hand is kind of the opposite if you don't know their lingo if you don't already know somebody in that community you're not part of it 
and I, I'm I'm proud to call myself a biohacker because of the community that's there. Well, would you tell us about the origin behind two cyborgs and a microphone and why Dangerous Minds is so much better? Well, I'm just I can only answer the first question. <laughs> only the first question is able to be answered. It it came about because I had started recording an audiobook that I was writing. And I had this recording space and I was like, I really kind of like recording. I'm getting the hang of it. I enjoy it. And I, I said to Tim, uh, he and I are both part of Twin Cities Plus, creating an intelligent creed. Yeah, that one. The, the intro to our, our every single podcast. And I said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I think it'd be a lot of fun. We get to just geek out uh, every other week about biohacking. And he's like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. And so we just kept doing it. And Twin Cities Plus made that happen. And sadly, this hasn't been publicized yet, but Twin Cities Plus is, has pretty much folded and gone under. It, it was not popular enough to sustain itself. So um, what, what sort of thing do you do? Like if I wanted to listen to your podcast, what can I be expecting to listen to? Each week we pick a different subject, whether it's a specific maybe implant or brain chemical. Uh, Tim's very well versed when it comes to nootropics, and I know enough when to ask questions when he's talking. I know electronics by profession. I'm an electronic engineer. That's why my my blog is 24 Hour Engineer because if I'm at work, I'm engineering. If I'm at home, I'm engineering. That's kind of my my shtick. The podcast you can expect a, a a lot of variety from electronics in general to nootropics to just state of community and and biohacking we even have a a fun one where we just talked about cyborgs in science fiction uh we did a halloween special where we interviewed the devil an unusual show so uh with that in mind uh how'd you get involved in electronics did you like get in vica in high school and just run with it fall in love and um you know give us a little bit more on that if you would well, it was a bit of an unusual path. Yeah, it started in high school. No, it started before high school. I would get stereo systems from garage sales and hook them up in the best way I could. Anything from listening to vinyl to cassettes to radio. And I just I just ran with these electronics. And in high school, I took all the electronics and electrical classes they offered. And after that, I decided I, I want to be an electrician because it's electrical. I get to learn all the circuit stuff. And I live in Minnesota. Uh, today, it's 34 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like two degrees Celsius. It's, it's cold out. And that's a warm day. And I decided being an electrician, being working outdoors in Minnesota is not for me. So as soon as I graduated, I promptly went back to school for electronic engineering. And electricians have a certain feel for uh, engineers. They don't like them. But I defied that. I went to school for engineering and graduated and finally found a job as an automation engineer. And in automation, I re-encountered my nemesis, which was programming. I hated programming uh, in college. And then as soon as I saw my first project move at work, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this stuff. I want to do this all day, every day. And so from then on, electronics have just been kind of in my blood. Can you tell us uh, a bit about the origin and mission behind Twin Cities Plus? Well, they were intended to be a group to show people in the Twin Cities 
what transhumanism was about. Not necessarily transhumanism, but just bettering yourself. And it was a chapter of H plus and everything. Uh, it got licensed and incorporated as a nonprofit, actually as a charity. And we just, we couldn't convince people to show up regularly. It was people who would show up and say, hey, this is cool. And then they, we'd never see them again. Every single whole person who showed up was, was awesome. We loved talking with everyone. But when it became the same three or four people showing up to every meeting, we decided it just, it wasn't fulfilling its purpose. And then you talked about from, from going things like that to, I know you just discussed that, the 24, uh, 24hourengineer.com. Um, and of course, all your electronics projects are on there. What are you sort of working on at the moment? Or is there any way of like following what you're doing? Any interesting projects up there? Yeah, 24hourengineer.com, self-plug, is the, the blog I run. It's, it's a daily blog, and which I think some people find a little bit tedious. So if you come back on Saturdays, you just find a summary of what I've done. And the projects I'm working on right now, I'm getting pretty close on a, a very durable piano, which has nothing to do with biohacking, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. It's meant for low-functioning kids with like autism and Downs. My aunt and uncle have a community where they have a, a community center and parents and their children can come in there and just be themselves. And so this piano is for the kids who, who get a little violent or a little rough with the piano during music therapy. So I made it out of well, pine, plastic, and arcade buttons. So these kids can just wail on this thing 24 hours a day. It won't hurt them, and it'll just absorb abuse. Uh, my other project that I haven't put on the blog at all is a head-mounted computer because reading is very relaxing. Walking is very relaxing. So I figure if I can combine them, I can keep my stress level way up there while still getting things done. It's perfect. So the head-mounted computer, what's it? Um, do you have any visions for it at the moment? Do you have a design? Is it going to be, say, a hat or goggles? What, what would you envision that to be? Well, I've already got a prototype. I got a head-mounted display. It's meant to use suction cups to stick on the front of glasses for, I think it was meant for hobbyists who use radio control airplanes in like the first person view and it's just a monocular one-sided and it just takes a video input so i hooked that up to the video output of a raspberry pi zero reduce the resolution because it's only video resolution and away i go i can pull up my pocket reading account and i've got a wireless mouse with a scroll wheel so i can walk around with words in one eye, watch out for patches of ice with the other eye, and uh, there we go, can walk for miles. So eventually I will post pictures and instructions and none for people to build their own. So in regards to that sort of technology, um, I think the closest thing, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, would be the sort of Google Glass movement. Um, and wh why do you think that, that that movement failed and where do you think they could have uh, changed it to make it a success? I think they could have supported it better. I think they could have made it way less expensive. The, the product they released, Google Glass, was very nice. It was very polished. 
it wasn't terribly hackable from what I understand, partially because anyone on a garage hacker budget couldn't afford the Explorer model for 1500 US dollars. Mine is, so far has cost less than $100. So yeah, hopefully people will, will pick up the baton there and, and keep running with the head mounted computers because mine doesn't look great, but it's not preposterous, which is some of the head mounted unit I've seen. And how do you address the other concerns? I know um, specifically for Google Glass, there was a camera. And for that reason, there was a lot of concern about the privacy. We've seen Snapchat come out with their own um, glasses that tells you when it's recording. Now, I know, obviously, uh, you're not aiming to have such a camera in it. But do you think there'll be any sort of negative connotation to those developments that people will be like objective to? I suspect. And I thought about taking mine and just putting a smiley face on 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 this camera or sorry mine doesn't have a camera i was gonna put it on the eyepiece and if anybody said anything i could just say oh yeah there's tape over the camera again there's no camera uh at all and i i wouldn't want to attach one that's not the purpose of this device and if anybody really seems to have a problem with it i'll just take it off if i'm speaking with somebody anyway i'm not going to be looking at what's on the screen so yeah i don't want to be a glass hole or inspire a bunch of those so I'm kind of curious about that, the head-mounted computer. Are you running it with like a Raspberry Pi and Linux or are you doing Android? I'm curious about the software behind it. I'm just using the regular old Raspbian right from the website. It, it works well. It looks nice. It was easy enough to, uh, to get the resolution changed. And it's teaching me a little bit more about Linux, which I'm not terribly familiar with. I, I always love tackling projects that teach me something new. So, well, that's kind of a key thing for a biohacker, being able to tackle a project and kind of learn new things. It's one of the things you definitely need to be doing, be building. So, uh, speaking of that, could you tell us a little bit about your Firefly implant? Um, are you concerned about any radioactive effects to having a radioactive device implanted in your body? Have you uh, done tests? Uh, are you able to say what kind of tests they are, if so? I just relied on the people who had done the testing. I, I think Amal, uh, he the the creator, I can't think of his name, maybe Chris, he sent it out to several places to be tested. And the results, the people who chimed in and said that they tested it, I, I trusted that they had all created something safe. So I haven't run any tests myself. I have been tempted to order a Geiger counter, but I would have one use for it. I'd probably use it for five minutes. I would check my hand. I would check my cat. I would check my girlfriend. And then I would put it in a box for about 20 years. Like, there's going to be a lot of people that, so for, for those that are listening that don't know what it is, it's, it's, it's essentially like a, how would you explain it? Like a light that's, that's implantable. And w what I'd have to ask is the fact that what, what use does it give you? There's going to be a lot of people that are, are quite skeptic about this, this type of thing. Um, what, what, what does it give you that you wouldn't have if you didn't have it? Uh, one more superpower. I glow in the dark now. Uh, but yeah, it, it is largely cosmetic. And I've tried to use it for finding a keyhole in the dark. And it, it didn't work well enough for that. It, it is cool. I like having it. And I like that it was designed by the biohacker grinder community. But yeah, ultimately, it's, it's cosmetic more than functional. So just out of uh, curiosity with that one, do you get many comments uh, from people on the street? Because it's not like a, an XNT or something along the same lines of that, that you can just simply look past and not even notice. I mean, there's a, it's a green line right on your hand. So you must get some looks or some comments. 
it's not that bright. Uh, so I work as an engineer and I work with a lot of old white men and they don't look kindly upon things that are too far outside the norm. I don't have any tattoos visible during the day. My implants are all very discreet. And even though I've got this one uh, between the what, metacarpal of the index and middle finger, unless I make a tight fist and you're looking right there, it's not noticeable. And it's the same with all my other implants. I've got a slight bulge on my left index finger where I've got an M31 magnet. But other than those two, all mine are uh, perfectly invisible. So it's not something you would just see. Uh, so you're walking into an office, there's slightly dimmed lights and it, it just wouldn't be noticeable too easily. You'd need to know it's there sort of thing. It's yeah, as soon as I point people to it and say, hey, look, and I make a fist, then they probably can't unsee it. But yeah, for just uh, somebody casually looking at me, even if my hand is just flat against the table, you, you wouldn't know it was there, which to me is an advantage. I like being able to reveal it when I'm ready because most of, most of the people I work with don't know I have any implants or tattoos for that matter. One other question that I'd, I'd have off the back of that is um, a lot of people concerned when they get their first XNT or uh, XCM problems, such as with the uh, um, going through security, uh, especially in airports and things like that. If it's visible, do you, do you ever have a problem with that? Or um, has there ever been any times where you'd wish it wasn't uh, lit up? Um, since it's not visible in just regular ambient light, I, I've been fine with it. I, I would like something that was, was brighter. And in fact, I, I think it's cool. And I kind of hate having to wait for people's eyes to adjust in a dark room in order to see it. I, I do have some pictures on my blog from shortly after it was implanted. I, I took a camera that I could change it to a much longer exposure than usual. And I snapped a few photos with different shutter speeds. And uh, I think I even made an animated one that shows the different shutter speeds and, and how visible it is because it's, it's hard to get a good image. So we're talking a lot about implants. It's making me curious what all implants you currently have. Also, do you, are there any that you would want to get in the future? Like even ones that aren't currently available. Uh, you mentioned possibly a brighter uh, light within you. Could that be like a flex LED uh, in the future? Or also, have you ever had any implants that you had to remove? And would you share with us uh, why they were removed if they were? All right, I'll try and go in order of my implants from left to right. On the knife edge of my left hand, I have a RFID implant, uh, just the, the low frequency. In my left index finger, I have uh, a Steve Hayworth magnet, one of these silicone-coated gold-plated magnets. In my left index finger, I have an M31, which I bought from Dangerous Things. And in the webbing between my index and left thumb, I have a, an NT, XNT, uh, for NFC on my phone. In my right hand, the only impl implant I have is the Firefly tattoo. Now, the M31 in my left index finger has lost all usefulness. It stopped being magnetic, and I was worried that it had been ruptured, but I can still feel it under the skin. I think it merely lost its magnetism. And I think, Doug, you'd given me the idea to try remagnetizing it while inside. And I looked at remagnetizers, they're expensive. I looked at building my own and they're not something I'd put my finger in because the ones I found were like 220 volts and I'd have to walk down to my basement's fuse panel, hook into that, which makes me less eager to do it. I think it just needs to come out. Uh, so 
as of yet, I haven't had any removed, but I, I do need to get one taken out. And this probably doesn't count as a biohack, but I do have some barcodes tattooed on my right rib cage of some books I wrote way, way in the past. Don't look for them. They're awful. And speaking of not actually biohacks, in my left ear, I have a 12-gauge piercing, which is approximately two millimeters in diameter. So I bought another RFID tag and stuck that in there with some O-rings. And well, I mean, I carry two RFID tags with me at all times. It reminds me of the conversation. Um, I think that's going to come out soon with, uh, or it's probably just come out uh, with Patrick about uh, interesting people, places people have um, RFID tags. Um, so that goes on the list of, of one of those. Sweet. Left ear. That's it. Definitely. I've never heard that one before. So you win that one. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, my question is, is one that I know Cooper always gets excited about. Um, and I think it would make him very happy to have a, have a positive answer to this. But uh, have you ever thought about part, partnering with any sort of space agencies like SpaceX or NASA um, with their attempts towards the mission to Mars um, in your current projects? And obviously you're doing, you sort of fit into a few spans of, of different uh, groups that they might be interested in working with. Um, would, would you ever think about doing any of those? I've never considered going commercial with biohacking. The projects I do, I, I always do at home. I post them right on my blog and anyone who wants to copy them can have them. If some recruiter at a space field thinks, hey, this guy should be on our team, I wouldn't turn down a job. That'd be awesome. With all your projects and your implants, it definitely comes to mind. What would you tell someone that is thinking about getting started in biohacking and getting their first implant? In your own experience, what does it take to get started? Whew. Desire. I think that's about it. I think people generally look at it and go, ish, oh no. Or they look at it and go, hmm, tell me more. And to that person, I would ask them, what do they what do they want to do? Because my first implant was a magnet in my left ring finger. And it was expensive, a couple hundred bucks US. And I thought, hey, you know, this is really cool because I'm an electrical guy. I've troubleshot an electrical panel in 30 seconds that could have taken 30 minutes because I just waved my hand over and said, your transformer isn't operating. Oh, here's the problem, fixed. There you go. And that took seconds. Now, if somebody wanted to do something like with phone security, definitely get an NFC tag implant. And now there's options for that. It used to just be a two by 12 millimeter glass, which has worked well for me, uh, but it was less painful and less expensive. So if somebody's not interested in feeling magnetic fields, definitely go with an NFC if that's your thing. If you want to get into your house with a homemade project, then maybe something more like a, a low frequency RFID. So um, I'd, I'd like to take the opportunity, obviously, um, you, you have a massive podcast, um, to sort of ask you the same question, but to apply it to podcasting. There's going to be a lot of people that maybe listening to this that think, do you know what, I could do something like that, that really interests me. But what, would you, what, what advice would you give them for starting up? Is it the same similar advice you have for biohacking? Uh, if somebody wants to start a podcast on biohacking or any other field, my suggestion is to start today is to grab your phone, set it to record, and, and start. When Tim and I started, we knew we were going to be awful, and we were. And as we got more and more practice, we got better. Speaking with you guys on the microphone right now, I'm a lot more comfortable being in my little sound cube than I was when we first started. In fact, my original sound area was a metal rack with 
blankets and sleeping bags hung over the top to just absorb sound. It, I called it my science fort. And I just kept gradually building. Now my sound fort is a dining room closet with bed padding wrapped everywhere to, for sound dampening. And I think in audio equipment, I've spent less than $200. And you guys seriously need to see this room. It is amazing. <laughs> we, we were all loving it as, as we joined the call and watched them come into this like cubicle of, of sound insulation. And it's been a hoot to build. And I use it for not only recording the podcast, but an audiobook I do. And I have no regrets about starting it. And I didn't spend a ton of cash on it. So yeah, my suggestion is start today. Oh, and when you do build yourself a sound studio and it's all sealed up and air movement is at a minimum, fart before you go in there. What was that? <laughs> Don't fart while you're in your sound recording area. You're just going to gas yourself. It's awful. You heard it here, folks. You mentioned an audiobook. So I'm curious, not about the farting in the sound booth, but what, what are, audiobook are you working on? Uh, well, I started writing a superhero novel a few years ago uh, for, for NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. And it was just something that I've, I've always loved superheroes, never been a comic book fan, but I've been a fan of superheroes. And so I wanted to write one that was a little bit more like literary, like a slice of life, but where the people have superpowers. And so I started writing this right now. I think it's about the length of one of the Lord of the Rings trilogy books. And I enjoyed it. And I th remember hearing one of the best ways to edit your own writing is to read it out loud because then you hear your mistakes out loud things that you see in writing they don't necessarily seem as mistakes so i thought okay if i'm going to read this out loud why don't i just record it at the same time and so i got microphones and everything to do that and so the book i'm reading as an audiobook is a as of yet incomplete superhero novel on your products how do you test the safety um and also I'm going to apply the same questions at projects as well. Well, as an engineer, safety does come first, of course. The, the products I've made generally are either built like for safety, like the piano I'm building. It's all going to be low voltage. It's just not going to have sharp corners. It's going to be fastened to a wall so it doesn't fall on anyone. And it's going to use the arcade buttons. It's not going to have any pinch points. The only moving parts are the, are the arcade buttons and they're not accessible. I built another project for uh, for love functioning kids where it was just a panel that had color changing light panels and when you pressed a quadrant the lights behind it changed but i built out of polycarbonate so you could literally punch the thing and that's on my blog too if anyone wants to build one but like i in the video i i strike it with a fist and it doesn't hurt me it doesn't hurt the device as far as implants i haven't created any implants yet there are a couple i'm working on that are specifically biohacking. And you'd asked earlier about if I could get an implant, what would it be? I have an abysmal, abysmal sense of direction. If, if I'm in a king size bed, I, I have to call for help. So what I want is an implantable compass, which is hardly a new idea. People have been talking about implantable compasses for, for quite a while and the technology to build them is already in existence. You can order enough of those parts from Autofruit or Sparkfront and have a an electrical compass working in, in a pretty short amount of time but i don't like the idea of implanting a battery and that's why i have a firefly because there's no battery and lithium ion lithium 
below the skin kind, kind of worries me. So I wanted to build one that was purely mechanical. And one of the reasons I took on that project was to start learning 3D printing and building with materials that are not magnetic. And so that's one project that I would love to implant, but does not exist yet because one, I haven't created it and would, would I think really help people. Uh, it, I, I think a lot of people would just do because it it's cool. A lot of people who enjoy the outdoors could get that and might get lost less. So it, when it faces north, at least you'd think so. I mean, it's, it's a puzzle. I feel like this is a giant jigsaw puzzle. If you open a jigsaw puzzle, you know there is a solution. And I'm looking at this problem and I just can't make all the pieces fit. But I feel like there's got to be good solutions to this. I, I just haven't found them yet. Obviously, you talk there about um, what you're going to do in the future. Um, and you've done many other things in the past as we just explored. So if you were at this point in time going to put down what your single best achievement, whether that can be uh, to do with your podcasting, it can be to do with uh, any projects you've worked on. If you could put it down right now to what would be your single best moment of achievement, what would that be? I think the podcast is, is my proudest moment because it affects a lot of people. I think a lot of people appreciate it and I hope it, it really spreads the mentality of what most biohackers feel. I mean, we, we, we call it two cyborgs in a microphone because it's, it's just two recreational cyborgs podcasting where we don't claim that our opinion is anyone else's. And the new direction we're going to take this now that we've lost Twin Cities Plus is it's going to be a lot more uh, vulgar for one, where we've decided to stop being uh, PC because, I mean, we're not, we're, we don't stand for TC Plus anymore. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's my answer. How would you see the research projects uh, you do changing the association of like biohacking and institutional biotechnology in the future? Have you ever reached out to local schools, universities, or makerspaces and asked how your work can advance their own in, in a partnership of sorts? I've never reached out. I have had students contact me and say, hey, we want to build one of your projects. And I was more than happy to help them. The project they were doing was actually meant for helping blind people. It was a vibrating distance sensor, which is very similar to the bottlenose. One of the reasons I started creating this project was to emulate the bottlenose, which for people who don't know, a bottlenose is a distance sensing device that gives feedback to an implanted magnet. And so I built one of those. I think I built it in like 60 lines of code or something, just using an Arduino, a distance sensor, and the magnet from a, or the electromagnet from a five volt relay. So I used. And so in this version of the project, instead of talking to a magnet, it talks to a vibrating motor. And I built it all into a flashlight shell that runs on a nine volt battery. And so these kids in the school said, hey, we want to build your project. And I was, I helped them out. I even rewrote the code a little so they could use it with an Arduino Uno, which was their weapon of choice i always like to see um uh, a different tact for learning different things in, in schools especially in the education system i feel like it, it needs to be shaken up a little bit and from yourself and other people we've had on the podcast it seems like a lot of people are getting involved with with their community and, and, and trying to get people to learn in a more sort of kinesthetic way i know you, you talk about how you picked up uh, what you love doing literally just by doing it and saying, look, this is what I want to do. I feel like that is lacking in, in many educational systems. Well, I think you got to have a, a base. You have to know some things before you can learn some things. And so, yeah, in, in that way, the traditional education system needs some hold. But eventually, yeah, people have to just say, hey, kid, what do you want to do? Okay, 
I believe you'll learn that way. Let's, let's teach you that. And the, the project that this kid was, these kids were doing was, you know, they got to pick a project and I think they were, they were in the Philippines. So the project they, or the way they found my project, they were reading the translated website. They weren't even, they weren't even looking at uh, websites in their native language. So um, the, ne- the next question I have for you is you can answer it either as personally you like or as professionally as you like. Um, but it's sort of to get to know you as, as um, a lot of the, the audience would like to know a more personal, um, uh, know you on a more personal level. So what would you like to achieve? So what, what is the biggest impact you want to make and what's your aim? And almost to get as deep as you can, um, what do you want to be remembered for? That's, that's a big question. What's your, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, that's a good question, and I'm not exactly sure how to answer it. I guess when I look back at stuff I've done five or ten years ago, because I kept notes from ten years ago, I go, wow, I was an idiot. And I hope that every five to ten years I can look back and go, wow, I was an idiot, and just keep broadcasting what I've done, and that toward the end, people look at what I've done and go, wow, this guy makes me look like an idiot. You know, because I'm I'm humble and stuff. It's kind of like those famous uh, words. Is it stay stay hungry, stay foolish? A bit of Steve Jobs there. <laughs> when was your light bulb moment? Uh, was there a great challenge or hurdle that you overcome? Or for that matter, when was your last one? Um, assuming you've had a few along the way being an engineer. I've had a lot of little ones. Uh, pretty much every project that I've brought to completion has either had an epiphany partway through that forced me to complete it or arrived as an epiphany as like, I got to build this. But as it relates to biohacking, there hasn't been a specific one. I just slowly realized that as I looked through all the projects of my past, that biohacking was one thing I am always in love with. I've never gotten bored with it. I've, I've started up silly things in the past, like model rocketry. Okay, bought some parts, assembled things. Okay, that was fun. Now what? I don't want to do that anymore. But biohacking is has never faded. I've I've never lost interest in two things: women and biohacking. Sounds like two great things in everybody's life, really. <laughs> right. Definitely uh, enjoy intelligent women in my life, but uh, enough about talking about the wife let's uh so how are people able to keep up with your work and your projects i mean you've mentioned that you have a few um you've got your blog and things like that uh is there any better way of finding you are you like uh, on any of the forums like biohack.me and things like that uh yeah 24hourengineer.com 24 engineer hour all those words except for the numerals two and four on biohack.me yep i'm mixed stuff which is the word stuff uh, preceded by the prefix of my last name, McAvoy, MC. So I'm not master of ceremonies stuff. I'm Irish stuff. And yeah, I'm, I, I check that pretty regularly, even when and I'm supposed to be working. Again, in the spirit of uh, our community, go ahead and tell us how we can listen to your podcast and what it's called, where we can find it. The podcast is Two Cyborgs and a Microphone. You can find that at the Twin Cities Plus website for now. Eventually, we're going to move that off of there. Uh, if you follow my blog, you can also find a, we- a link every other Saturday to the show page where all the episodes can be found. Totally free, just like Dangerous Minds. Any final comments and questions from the hosts? And also to our uh, enduring guests, or do you have any questions for us? No questions. I just want to say that uh, I love your podcast. I'm going to keep listening to every single episode like I have been. 
And we thank you because uh, it's very encouraging, especially from uh, another competitor or um, rival member of the community. Rival. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't use rival because uh, <laughs> there's no real rivalry no, other than no. the fact that y'all's is very well scripted and very creative. Uh, I did enjoy both versions of the Halloween episode. Yes, that is an Easter egg. Um, there were two different versions, and one was very, very silly. Say what? It was perfect. Uh, and both of them were, were very well done. And I found it kind of amusing, even though it was very much so almost creepy effect. <laughs> but for the people that would think it's real i you know i really would love to have a debate with them one of these days and i would definitely highly highly invite y'all um both of y'all from two cyborgs and a microphone for that discussion because i just think especially for the community as a whole that would be an enrich enriching uh discussion and hopefully might um shed some light on those that are misinformed you might say yeah, we just recorded an episode that hasn't been released yet. And I, I said the same thing. I'd love to have a debate or at least a conversation with somebody who's opposed to RFID on the grounds of morality or ethics or religion. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to have to be a, a joint thing, maybe on a, you know, a common ground. Uh, I guess it has to be managed in the right way. It can't be a, a shouting contest, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> to get. What I've found is, is, is a lot of the problem is um, misinformation. Um, and you know like I've, I've had personal like debates i've been sitting in like pubs and stuff and had to had to just turn on this debate at a random point um so you know a lot of it is misinformation and i guess that's the problem with the general political okay. rhetoric that's, that's pushed around but there we go um guys if if you're listening do go out and listen to the to, to the podcast because it's great and you enjoy it after all we are subscribers to two cyborgs and a microphone enjoy every episode that's why we invited y'all to come and i'm hoping that in the future we can have y'all back if not uh get tim when he's not working quite so hard because i'd love to hear from him him as well just want to thank y'all for coming spending some time with us today definitely have enjoyed it especially the closet now you're giving us ideas <laughs> And on that note, we definitely have a special thanks to Brian of Two Cyborgs and a Microphone for taking the time to talk to us today. If you'd like to learn more about this journey that both of these podcasts take, definitely take a look, subscribe, download, and give us both a review because it helps both of our podcasts move up in the ratings. And we just want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us as we explore further the tech and the people behind it within this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, and implantable technology today. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions, comments. You're welcome to find us at dangerousminds.io and also the Facebook page. You know, it's just facebook.com forward slash dangerous minds podcast. And perhaps one day we'll talk to you about the work and our projects you're exploring and developing. Until next week, seek the spark. Scientific progression is steamrolling, there's no preventing it going ahead. Now we're intrinsically linked with technology, biology as we know it is dead. Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the lives of biohackers. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen Hawking. I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to join us today. What, you know, would you talk to us about the nature of the universe?
<laughs> I was going to put it on, and it just it just faded. It just faded. <laughs> I was like, this this guy speaking is, spell. I, I don't feel like I have the credentials or or the background to be able to even even try to um to mimic this guy. I think there's only one living person who does. 